Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today we're going to talk about Great Britain's first serial killer. She was a pioneer, uh, Brandy. Yep. Leave it to Mary a woman Ann to be the first. Cotton. Huh? Leave it to a woman to be the first. Well, she was the first and she Go killed team. a bunch of people. And we're, Before we talk about her dastardly deeds... Let me remind everyone that we are a comedy podcast. We use adult language, and if adult language offends you, then you should... Just get the fuck out of here. How's that, Timmy? Exactly. Exactly. I can't believe we... Um, I thought we... You know, I when I started writing this, I thought we had already covered this lady, but... we. I went back and looked, and we didn't, but, you know, we did a lot of episodes. I mean, like over 300. I don't know how many they are, but we're in like, uh, been doing this for eight years, Brandy. And you have not aged more than 20. Well, that's what I feel like. Thank you very much. So let me introduce our panel. I am pleased to announce a woman who is known for her grace. Grace and charms. <clears throat> It's true. It's true. She it's has been so graceful. <laughs> she's known throughout the land, in every hamlet and village, as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? I'm all right, Timmy. I'm all right. Just kind of plugging through the week and. I, you I'm know, sensing. I, I'm sensing happens. you got like low energy, or are you just you know, are just uh, on the on the edibles? Is that what you're? Up no, to? but I mean, I just woke up about I don't know an hour ago, so I mean, I'm ready to roll. Well, I mean, it's noon, so glad you could. It's, you know. it's not quite noon, but okay. I don't care. Give me what you got, but I slept. So. Yeah, and and now I'm here. And I'd like to congratulate you, Devil. I know that when you go to your meeting today at four o'clock, they're going to give you your twelve-hour clean and sober chip. So you just keep up the <laughs> well, good work. Anymore. If she makes not it, anymore, well, not anymore. Okay, well, well, maybe you can get your four-hour one. Yeah, every day's a new day, Brandy. You can I start know. fresh every day. 
start fresh every day. Um, I have been watching a wonderful documentary about Korean cult leaders on the Netflix. So that is very good because, you know, I love a good cult. I know you love a good Korean cult, especially because. Well, I'll tell you what. You were good friends with Reverend Moon, as I recall. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. But no, like this one, this one Korean guy, this cult leader ended up and basically he raped them, but like 5,000 women that he had. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, they're all trash, obviously, but there was one that was, a. um, they have one that was a woman um, and she was actually the worst one because she would just order people to be beaten to death. Um, or like she had a five-year-old kid was five and she decided that he was the devil. So (laughs) she, they they put him, well, so they put him in a pig pen, tied him up and didn't feed him and then beat him to death and fed him shit, fed him literal pig shit. Yeah. Like it's really, really super bad. So, I mean, it's been, but you know, again, I love a good cult. So I've been, you know, really watching all of the cool Netflix shit. Luther. That, what, what's the name Luther of that? I'm going to have to watch that, Devil. What's the name of that series you're watching? Oh, it's like In the Name of God or something. I don't know. Look for it on the Netflix. Well, there's a lot of Netflix. It ain't like there's just six things on Netflix now. It's like, I know, but it just came out, and I think it's like In the Name of God or something. Hold on, I'll look at it. But it's really, really good, but it's all in Korean. Oh, so if well, you watch Korean, it, so. you get to feel fancy. Well, no, I speak no you have to you read. Do. Of course you have, you, to read. you have to know how to read. You do have to know how to read. That is the clutch part of it. Um, but let's see, French. Randy, when when are we going to when are we going to get uh, another movie review by you on on the Facebook? So, uh, you know what? Soon enough, because we've already picked a movie that you are not going to believe it. It is perfect. You know, you should do that on the TikTok. Um, you know, I don't want the Chinese spying on me on the TikTok. So, well, do you think the Chinese is really concerned about your movie? <laughs> is that going to give them some national? Secrets? Uh, I think so. I okay. Think they, I think they really are. They'll watch. They know. Um, damn it. You know, here's my question. Oh, are the, here. We're so worried about the Chinese and the TikTok. And, are, are the Chinese really more nefarious than, say, the Netherlands? I don't know, because they're pretty nefarious. I don't trust those, those uh, Nordic people. They were Vikings. They came in. They. I don't think are they are they Nordic. I don't think Netherlands is Nordic. Yeah, they're close enough. That's uh, well, they're close. I guess they're pretty damn close. Yeah, you're talking about like Norwegians. Norwegians, Swedes, Finns. I'm not too. I I, I don't trust the Finns. All right, Chuck. It's called in the name of God. In the name of God. Okay. Wasn't that a YouTube? Wasn't that a YouTube song? I, I don't know. Oh, that was in the name of love, I guess. And, well, and there's another one. I watched another French 
I watched another French thing. And actually, Tim, this would be, I watched a, a French um, documentary about like the most prolific serial killer in France. He had this woman that was along with him that would help him. And uh-huh. for the longest time, they thought that she was like a one of his um, victims. Well, it turns uh-huh. out that she wasn't. I bet she that was the brain. She was with him voluntarily, brain. and she she really she been was the mastermind. Because, because behind every serial killer is a good there really is. She was she was <clears> the <throat> one that would pick him up because, of course, her along with their child would go and pick these girls up because you know. Nobody's going to hurt them if a woman and a child are in the car. Right, right. So that was really interesting. So I have been occupying my time by expanding my knowledge of different things. So you're sitting in front of the TV, bonbons, taking at, eating edibles, and watching Netflix. That's that's kind of what my takeaway of, of. That's fine if that's your takeaway. Now I this in the name of God thing. Are the subtitles Korean too? No, actually, you can turn on, it would be stupid to be subtitled in Korean when they're speaking Korean. So, Well, I mean, um, you get subtitles in English when you're well, sure. the movie. But in English. you would not want to, being Chuck, you would not want to put the subtitles on Korean. Because then it doesn't do any fucking I good. Can Korean. Because you can't speak I can it. Read it. I can speak. So it. you can. You know why it'd be cool <clears throat> if if you if you watch a movie in Korea and use Arabic as your um, subtitle? Uh, you know, subtitles. No, it wouldn't be. But this one, um, it wouldn't be interesting. But you can. I watched it dubbed and subtitled. Do you know I had to? <coughs> I changed my Netflix password. Because somebody kept changing my settings. You know, <clears throat> there's 38 people that know my Netflix password. Yeah, same with the children. Too. Just. And uh, okay. then I would go on and my profile would be dad is a dick. Uh, everything <laughs> I watched would have Arabic subtitles on it. In Arabic language, they dub it into Arabic, and I'd have to go every show, I'd have to go back and change it. So then I finally changed the password and said, You know what? None of you, son bitches, I'm gonna give you the password one at a time, and everybody gets a week probation. And if you everything's good, then I will give the next person the password. And uh, I had to, I had to instill wow. discipline in my, in my brood. Well, that way. I understand that. Let me, uh, let me enter. I mean, we've had a lot what of brandy time. A lot of brandy there, time, Carl. Timmy. We've already lost a bunch. Yeah, look at all the helpful information I gave. It's really out of control. Listeners. Brandy time is really out of control. Look at all the helpful information I gave. You know, like we should need, we need. I need to put like a uh, stopwatch or something or alarm clock, and yeah, you know, after like thirty seconds of brandy time, then cut it off. Yeah, because people, you know, you look, if you read our reviews, they all complain about brandy time. Well, they, I don't know they that they do, do. and it's. Um, you know, I mean, we we try to be polite. We try to make, we try to create a warm environment. Which reminds me, I want to give a shout out to Anna Kaufman, who uh, is our newest um, Patreon supporter. If you would like, yay, to, Anna! If you thank you, Anna. If you would like to um, support the program on Patreon, just go to Patreon.com/slash/HistoryDweebs, all one word. Where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel. Or just the tip, Timmy. 
just a little bit. Okay, so move on to Chuck's bullshit so we can get to the story. Okay, let me introduce a man who is a man of God. This uh, is what we need, Timmy. Not like... Devil time (laughs) over, devil time over. (laughs) That's exactly what we need. A man who is a true man of God, not like, uh, you know, the face... Uh, fake prophets yeah. there in Korea, but a true man of God. Ugh. He is a best-selling author uh, with his uh, book. What is the title of it, Colonel? How to make love to a woman, Timmy. Brandy, Brandy, you think women gets chills when he when he says the title of that book? Shit, chills. Hold on, hold on. Just be real quiet for a minute. You can hear the sound a penny dropping right now. Nope. <laughs> nope. A man who, uh, we, you know, these are troubled times, Randy, and uh, people look toward, they want something meaningful in their life. They want answers. So uh, he's been called an oasis in the desert of despair. I know one. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm doing fine, Timmy. I'm I'm doing fine. I'm uh, you know, I'm the devil was talking about cults, and uh, you know, I'm trying to after the book. I'm now working on getting my. It's not a cult. It's a spiritual fulfillment, really, to be your best self, Timmy. Um, if you're a just semi-attractive woman and you want to be your best self and you want to just completely no. take all the advice no. that I give you, um, I'm oh going to do God. that for free, Timmy. For free. As a public service. For free? Yes. Well, I mean, Wait a minute. not for free. You have you're to give me all your belongings. I mean, you have to give me all your possessions sure. and belongings first. But after that, everything's free. Duh. I mean, that's a small price. Oh, it's a small that. tithe to me. A small tithe. And so I. Uh, that all sounds amazing. And then I'm, and and then I'm. I, well, you know, Timmy, and and because people don't know this, people not need to know how to live, Timmy. And I'm going to give you some free advice because you are having. You would be a shit cult leader. You're having your lovely bride come over, right? She's going to be coming over. Yes, Leanne will be here this and week. Now, you are used to sleeping alone, and I'm assuming, you know, that that's going to change oh, and you're going to have to share Jesus. space, right? So you're not going to have yeah, as much yeah. space as you used to have, and you're going to have to get used to this. Timmy, do you know 450 people a year die from falling out of bed? More people really? than struck by lightning. <laughs> You know, so I want you to be careful, well, Timmy. How, is there, how like, many of those are struck by lightning then fall out of bed? <laughs> wait a minute. Is there like a like one of those spear pits? If they fall out of bed, they just like go down into that pit with all the spears sticking up? Oh, like how uh, do you die? Indiana yeah. Jones? Yeah. Tell, there's all like, kinds I, of I, there's all kinds of ways okay. to die and uh or, I'm, you know, ever since I saw Indiana Jones, I've always been afraid of that big ball that was going to run over me. Yeah. Yes, that is a legit fear that you should have. A legit fear. Well, I'm, I'm you, know, I, you know, I have anxiety issues. I am all of, you know, you should be afraid that Marianne Cotton is going to attack you in your bed more than 
you know, rolling out. And you down. know, Leanne is British. So, I mean, well, and I and I want uh, you to, right. I want you to know this to me throughout the world. Now you're going to get there, and you're, you know, if if oh I got God. married and Leanne was coming over, <clears throat> the first thing I'd do is say, you know what, let's have a nice dinner and celebrate, right? Let's celebrate this mm-hmm. wondrous occasion that you're here and, you know, you're staying and, oh, let's open some champagne. Do you know, Timmy, every year, 25 people a year are killed by champagne corks. Oh, man. Yeah. Lucy is that's, 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 She's that's so a, bored with this conversation. A, Timmy, get the kind with the cap on it. The country, Don't get the kind with the cork. Get the kind with the cap on it that you can unscrew. Okay. The fancy stuff. I get, I get the, the fancy stuff in the, in the cartons, you know, the, yeah. the, oh, in the box. Yeah, get the box, Timmy. <laughs> the yeah. box, that yeah. don't blow up. No, it don't. Yeah. So. I'm sure it's tasty. So I, ju- I just want tasty. you to stay hey. safe while this happens, because this is going to be a big life change, There's Timmy. no shame. That you're not going to be, that you're going to face, that you well, haven't I mean, before. do you really, I mean, Colonel, I, I come to you for marital sure. advice, and no. like many do. Do you think it would be wrong for me to ask her, like, to sleep on the sofa? Would that be? Well, Timmy, here's the thing. And this is, I want you to set the tone of your marriage right away. Remind her, mm-hmm. when, when, when she starts any kind of back talk, Timmy, just say 1776. We beat you once, we'll do it again. <laughs> You think that intimidates her? I, I think she. Oh, I'm sure I think it does. Rich just I need to be George reminded of their place, Timmy. Your Yankee Doodle uh, outfit. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. Where your uncle's. Uh, you know, from? I could put that little the man playing the fife and the fife. You know, yeah. put a wrap. Yeah, wrap my head and. Definitely. And can we talk about Mary and Cotton? Or I or I can play the little drums. And this, Timmy. I mean, you know, they were smart. They had the they had the straps for the drums even back then. I mean, that was teach, cutting edge. Teach, that was cutting teach your edge. cat to play the drums. Come on. And every year, Timmy, I you know, I'm not gonna get too deep into your personal life or whatever you do. You've read my book, so I know you're gonna be safe. But every year in the United States, Timmy, ten people. Mm-hmm. Every year, ten people are crushed by their partner while making love, Timmy. Oh, now, the end's just a petite thing. You don't have to worry about But you, people start to add crazy things in there. You know, I don't know what they do, but ten people yeah, are she's, crushed. Yeah, she's small, so I don't yeah, think you have to worry about her. Yeah, she's just a thing, but... Uh, oh, my God. But you, I just want, I want you to be aware of these things, Timmy. Well, thank you, Colonel. I, I appreciate your concern. The thing that concerns See, Randy, me the when most... You, when have you ever offered me right, any advice? Right. The champagne really okay. worries me, Timmy. The champagne. Just ask her what her well, favorite wine is. I'll, I'll, I'll ask for it in a box. Yeah. Oh, definitely in a box. All right. Uh, let's talk about Marianne Cotton. First of all, is that a real name? I don't know. Oh, okay. In your research, it is. you pick cotton you didn't on it. Out it is, that was a real name. That sound like a name someone would make up. Hmm? We, I just go ahead. I mean, you're the one that researched this, so if you don't know, yeah, if I mean, it's real. her name, but I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, it's her name, but it sounds like something someone would an alias. Okay, all right. Now, so today we're going to talk about Britain's Great Britain's first serial killer. That is not Jack the Ripper, Colonel. I know. It's not Jack the Ripper. Do Jack you, the Ripper. Do you have any theories? Oh, I have a lot on of Jack theories the Ripper. on Jack the Ripper, Timmy. Um, 
I no, can won. we talk about Marion Cotton, though? We can. Because this isn't about Jack the Ripper. Nobody gives a shit about Jack the Ripper right now because we're talking about Marion Cotton, who okay, is in no way related an interesting theory, to though. Jack the Ripper. I'm, I don't give a shit about his fucking shit. We're not talking about... We are not talking about Jack the Ripper. You make a very good point, Brandy. So what's your theory on <sighs> Jack the Ripper? Um, my theory is... Jack the Ripper was a mad midwife, Timmy. A mad a midwife. crazy midwife. Because who else? So you think Jack the <clears throat> Ripper was a woman? Yeah. What makes you think that? Um. Well, nothing. There you was just a not the midwives no anatomy. Discussion. They were always taking out like the uterus and the cervix and the ovaries and you know what? junk like that. Um. And. You know, and so really, Timmy, it was Jill the Ripper, not Jack the Ripper. It was Jill the Ripper. Jill the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, That makes a lot of sense, Brandy. She'd be able to, uh, 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 she'd be able to wander around in the wee hours of the night, not cause too much suspicion, even if she was splattered with blood, Timmy. And and let's face it, men don't know where all those parts are. No, 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 no. We couldn't find a uterus. Most of right them find a uterus if you gave them a map, a GPS, and a really powerful flashlight, Timmy. <laughs> and a tour guide. Yeah, and a tour guide. We, what we need is another woman to show us. Here, sit by me. And So, now, if you read my book, you know where all those parts are. But, but anyway, I believe it was a midwife, Timmy. I believe it was Jill the Ripper. Not, now, I've been Randy, all this year. Uh, the colonel has been... The colonel is, uh, in, in addition to... Being a man of God and a best-selling author and colonel, he's also an amateur gynecologist. Brandy, I bet you didn't know that. I bet I didn't care. All I care. I mean, he could have went pro. He could have went pro. I could have gone pro. But you know, you don't get to pick your patients, Timmy, when you're a gynecologist. That is no, you don't. That's true. Anybody can walk. Any vagina can walk through your door at any given time, Timmy, and you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a guy in college, you need to be a guy in college in Beverly Hills or something. I want to be Doctor Colonel, the selective gynecologist, Timmy. I want my I want <laughs> my patients screened and hygiene, Timmy. Screened and hygiene. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about Mary Ann Cotton, maybe. who <laughs> is. Maybe we will, yeah. Who is believed to be responsible for at least a dozen deaths. That's 12, Brandy. Uh, Yes. Like donuts. Born in 1832 in Durham County, England. You ever been to Durham County? Oh, I've been there. Bull Durham. Yeah. Yeah. Not the same. That's where where they they filmed that movie. Mary Ann Robson... Mary Ann Robson was a quiet child. She mostly kept to herself, playing with her dolls and rejecting other children who sought her friendship. Well, that pretty much tells Sounds it like all, you, Brandy, yeah, so far. It does, because who needs that shit? Mary did have a seemingly close relationship with her biological father. However, her father died in a mining accident when Mary Ann was just eight years of age. That's tragic, don't you think, Brandy? Yes. Her father's death left Mary Ann 
and her brother and her mother impoverished. Mary's mother was forced to work as a laundry lady. I mean, that's not a bad gig. I mean, yeah, you have to, you know. Have you ever worked work? as a laundry lady? Yeah, to in clean the 1800s? other people's. You have to clean other people's underwear, I guess. But you know, <clears throat> now we've been watching what 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 is the show? Uh, the Last Among Us. You know what I don't like about those The Last of Us, yeah, apocalyptic films. When do they change the what? draws? They've been walking yeah. around for three months with the same draws on. Oh, My guess man. is, you know, can you imagine there are like, no drawers. Eight nineteenth century. Yeah, uh, what they they just use perfume to cover it up. They took a bath once a month. <clears throat> oh, oh, hideous to me, hideous. Uh, anyway, Mary uh, Ann's mother worked as a laundry lady, doing other uh, washing other people's drawers, and she would rent Mary Ann and her brother out as day laborers just to make ends meet. Did they live in Arkansas? What happened here? So we're just poor. The dad died. No, uh, I know. I just, you know, you're renting out your eight year old for day labor. I mean, I get it. Little fingers, so good. They didn't even have iPhones back then, did they? They did not have iPhones. No. That'd have been crazy Mm -hmm. living in a place where they didn't have iPhones. The family also sought charity from the church just to have enough to eat each day. So you get the picture here, Brandy. They're, the family's They're kind of struggling. Poor. Yeah. When Mary was 12 years old, her mother remarried to a man she did not love just to provide the children with a little stability. So she didn't marry for love. She married for money, I guess, or at least have some, you know, keep them from starving to death. Now, Mary Renee, Ann did not Renee like Renee did the same thing. <laughs> Mary Ann did not like her stepfather. She drank a lot. He and drank rarely a lot. bathed. He drank he a lot. Drank and a lot. <laughs> she might have drank a lot too. Yeah. We don't know. He British. drank a lot and rarely bathed. Oh. So I mean if he's barely bathing in eighteen forties, yeah. he's probably, you know, that may be like once every six months. Sounds like oh, sounds God. like a Can small subgroup a of our listeners, Timmy. To be he's honest. He's a drunk and he's nasty. He had very bad breath, and when he drunk... If he didn't bathe, I imagine he didn't floss, Timmy. Right. He wasn't big on his dental hygiene either. He'd be uh, fucked up if he he flossed. When he was drinking, he would insist Marianne sit on his lap while he tried to kiss her. Soon Marianne came to loathe him. I would think so, yeah. To escape her stepfather... Mary Ann ran away from home when she was just 15 years of age. At age 20, she would marry a man named William Mowbray in 1852. Mary Ann, uh, when she was 20, would bear him seven children in just four years. Oh my God, get a different hobby. Ugh. I mean that thing. That thing's a little factory. I mean, it's a lot of fucking kids, man. She's pushing them through. The one right after the other. I mean, seven kids in four years. And that's. I guess you have to have twins in there somewhere, don't you? Well, I mean, 
it would just it would literally have to be one right after the other after the other. I think she ended up having I think she ended up having like twelve kids or something crazy. In addition to caring for the children, Mary Ann worked as a dressmaker and a nurse to support her family. Now while so she had to she had to go out, make dresses, nurse people back to health, and you know they had all that bionic plague and all that shit. And then she had to come home and take care of her. <clears throat> Did he well, say a bionic you know, plague? Bionic plague. Which it was really a bionic, uh, bionic plague. plague. I mean, he's got it right. <laughs> That's pretty exactly. Could be. It's all those nanobots. You don't know. You don't know. Marianne, uh, so Marianne was a dressmaker. She was a nurse. And she had and to take care of all those maker. damn kids. And, and give and give birth every like every six months. <laughs> While William spent most of his time at the local pub, Sir Husband, drinking up the most of the money that Marianne brought into the household. See, fuck that guy. Well, apparently she did that yeah, a lot, Brandy, since she clearly. had twelve kids. In 1856, the young family had experienced tragedy when four of their five children died of gastric fever. That's a coincidence. This is the first little red flag in this story, Brandy. I would guess, yeah. Mowbray, William Mowbray, then purchased a life (laughs) insurance policy to cover himself and their three children in the event that he would die. And guess what happens, Brandy? In the early 1860s, William Mowbray's worst fears came true when he and two of his children passed away uh, from the same fever. Mary Ann collected the insurance money, left her surviving a child with her mother, and married a man named George Ward. Hmm. Less than a year later, George Ward would be dead. I wonder if he was in relation to the Montgomery Ward. So she's we'll a black know. widow. I guess we'll never know, will we, Brandy? No, we won't. But she's a black widow. So George died, and Mary Ann received another insurance payout. But Mary Ann, she didn't remain a widow for long. In 1867, she married for the third time. This man's name was James Robinson. Robinson. He was a widower with a, a widow, a widower, with a family of small children. And he had advertised for a housekeeper. But instead he got Marion Cotton. And they got married. Well... What? No, no, I'm sorry. They didn't. Yeah, keep okay. Read that next sentence. Yeah, she went to work for him, and then she married him. Okay, so one nope. week after yeah. after she started living with him, Robinson's ten month old son died from convulsions. I wonder if his son died, if his wife died giving birth to that son. Mm. But regardless. Ten months, the ten-month-old son died as soon after Mary Ann moved into the household. The death certificate 
cited gastric fever as the cause of death. Unsurprisingly, at this point, Brandy, more deaths would follow. Surprise! Two more of Robinson's children's, uh, Mary Ann's remaining child by her first husband and Mary, Mary's mother, all died. So his, two of his children, her remaining child by her first husband and her mother, all died within early months of 1867. So... They're dropping, they're dropping left and right, Brandy. I guess. So then, it's after these deaths that Robinson marries Marianne. So Why? That's her, Why? That's her, that's her consolation prize for losing all these people. He marries her. The couple had two more children, one of whom died during reach, uh, before reaching its first birthday. The Robinson marriage was not a happy one, Brandy. I'm shocked. Mary Ann got the family into debt, sparking rows with her husband or arguments. At some point, it seemed like she suggested her husband take out a life insurance policy. Perhaps already suspicious, James Robinson refused. What do you think about that, uh, Charles? Well, I think, uh, as, as Bob Dylan would say, just like a woman. <laughs> he, he's, not, he's not letting her take out an insurance policy. So it was if Mary Ann finally found a rewarding vocation as a black widow. James Robinson became suspicious of Mary Ann's behavior and refused to sleep alone with her. What do you think about that, Charles? I mean, that's kind of what you're telling me with uh, Leanne, that I, I just got to be careful sleeping alone with her, right? Well, until you find out for sure that she's still not a loyalist, Timmy, I would, okay. I would sleep with one eye open. It's not the way to well, get the most restful sleep, but, you know. Who does he pull into bed with him? Like, just some random stranger? <laughs> Maybe the kid, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, some people are into that, Brandy. I guess. They have little uh, pineapples on their <laughs> doors or house. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He yeah. would uh, feed anything. You know, the, the the hot wives wear the little ankle bracelets. They do. I don't know if you knew that, uh, Brandy. Yeah, I did but not. You ever, so. see some, ever see a woman wear an ankle bracelet, that means she's a hot wife. Oh, okay. I'll remember that. At uh, the, So the Robinson marriage wasn't a happy one, as I mentioned. Um, uh, he refused to sleep alone with her. Uh, he would feed anything that Mary Ann cooked to the family dog. And then wait six you know, hours. I he guess, ate a lot of cold uh, food. <laughs> it was a test, I guess, to make sure it wasn't poison. But once when uh, Mary prepared a meat pie for her husband, he did the same thing. He gave it to the dog. The dog started vomiting, and within moments, he was dead. So it... 
it paid off his little uh, that makes thanksgiving yeah, i would to me <laughs> what i love is he's like right after that he's like nope and he bounces out he gets his shit and leaves yep james robinson then packed his carpet bag and moved out of the home that evening never to return can't really blame him. Well, man, I mean, if you I can't guess. trust a good meat pie to me, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, who doesn't love them? I, I do not pie. trust your meat pie. <clears throat> <laughs> isn't that what the guy uh, in, isn't that what they did with the bodies and Sweeney Todd? Wasn't <laughs> yeah. that what they did? They made meat, yes. women made meat pies out of the people he killed. Anyway, in 1870, Mary Ann became friends with a woman named Margaret Cotton. Now, Margaret mentioned that her brother, Frederick Cotton, was a widower, widower. His wife, having recently died of, what did he die of, Brandy? The consumption. The, the consumption. consumption. You got to watch out for that consumption, don't you? Yeah, you know what else you have to look out for, Timmy? What's Clowns. that? How many people die of clowns? Well, I'm just going to tell you, in uh, 1854, little William Snyder, little Billy, they called him, a clown came to his party and was entertaining and picked him up by the ankles and swung him and accidentally hit his head against Poe and killed him. Oh. You can't trust a clown. can't trust a clown. Well, you know, you got to be careful around clowns because they got the big feet. They do. That's true. Big shoe. They do. They can step on your foot and break it. Yeah. You know, and this and here's another Mary, here's another Tim. If you get, you know, things get bad okay. or whatever. Um uh, don't don't do like Justin Way did. He he got in bed with a knife, Timmy, and said he was just gonna kill himself. And his girlfriend didn't know what to do, so she called the police. And a few minutes later the police arrived on the scene and shot and killed him. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Problem solved. Yeah, well, we had what? An amazing story. Or Roger Wallace. Roger Wallace took his what son. What does this have to do? Field. Was Roger Wallace part of her? Roger Wallace. Did he get married well, to Margaret took too? Took his son out into a field, Timmy, to show him how amazing these new remote control planes were, Timmy. Uh-oh. It's not going to end well. flew, came flying, dive-bombed him, and hit him in the head and killed him, Timmy. <laughs> Oh my God. You remember that uh, Sopranos episode where the kid, the kids are shooting arrows up in the air and catching them with their like yeah. target. Yeah. <laughs> one kid gets hit in the yeah. head. Well, you know, there was a guy one time. <laughs> Don't do what when we're talking about wine. A Texan, Michael Warner. You know how people will oh give God. themselves uh, vodka enemas or, you know, women will actually soak in tampons and vodka. He decided Ugh. to give himself a sherry enema and died of alcohol poisoning, Timmy. <laughs> you know, they give coffee enemas, but I don't know if they serve that with cream and sugar or <laughs> not, Randy. Yeah. With the foam. Heavy foam. And here's another one. If you happen to decide we're going to no. go on. Oh, yeah. You probably could get a, a calm a mocha or something these days. Yes, Colonel. If you happen to go on a vacation to the tropics, Timmy, about 150 Mm -hmm. people a year are killed by falling coconuts. Man, you got to watch out for that shit. Mm -hmm. And 
the, and this I found interesting is uh, now this is a one-off thing, but uh, did Marianne Cotton <clears throat> get hit by a co- coconut? No, did she? Otherwise, I don't get a, a guy fuck. decided he needed not a condom, but all the condoms in the condom dispenser. You know how you have uh, those condom dispensers in yeah, there? Yeah, he was he was optimistic. Yeah, so he decided to use a small explosive to blow it up. And a piece of shrapnel from the machine embedded itself through his eye into his brain and killed him, Timmy. <clears throat> so if you need a condom that That's bad, bad just shoplift one. Don't try to blow up the machine. Oh. You know, when I was uh, I was in Thailand once, went to this place where they had the monkeys would go up and take a coconuts, you know, and they'd bring them down or throw them down. And these monkeys would throw them down. I mean, like they were throwing a football or something. I mean, they were... You know, it wasn't just like they were just dropping. They were like trying to hit you with the damn coconuts. Look like Dan Marino trying be to where... hit you across the middle with a coconut? Yeah. Yeah. Bastards. Those and monkeys are nasty, man. They are mean. Okay. But if they could talk. All right. Mary, what uh, about Marianne? find two monkeys that could talk. Oh, I've, I'd have them <laughs> on this podcast. Wouldn't be worried about brandy no, time. Oh, my God. Now, in 1870s, uh, so 1870s, she becomes friends with this woman named Margaret Cotton. Margaret Cotton mentions that her brother, Frederick Cotton, a widower, uh, his wife having recently died of the consumption. Frank had two small children to care for and needed help. Margaret told Mary, and Marianne, and Marianne being the giver that she is, uh, became... His housekeeper, entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, within t- within two weeks, Mark, uh, Mary Ann, and Frederick would marry. Even though Mary was still officially married to James Robinson, remember he's the guy that just Aww. said, "I'm out of here." Yeah. But anyway, you know they weren't good at record keeping back in the day, so evidently she got married. So she was married twice. She was a polygamist. Yes, she was. Tell us what happens next, Brandy. Well, on their wedding night, Marianne learned that her new husband had a life insurance policy on himself, his children, and his sister, Margaret. Okay. Now now he's more appealing, I'm sure. Well, anyway. um, Within two weeks of their marriage, Margaret started to experience severe stomach pains, and she died a few days later. Wow. That's quite a coincidence, Brandy. Yeah. Uh, The couple got along well at first. Frederick Cotton was pleased that Mary took on the role of stepmother to his children. A year later, Marianne became pregnant and gave birth to to a a young boy, is what it says here. I assume at birth they are very young, so we'll just say boy. You remember when we did an episode on Mary Tufts, the woman that gave gave birth to rabbits? Yes. How do you forget that? Uh, let's see. So she has a baby boy, but the marriage, uh, began to unravel. Marianne had run up a large debt with gamblers without her husband's knowledge. Ah, uh, see, she probably, so down she, at, uh, she's probably down at the hard rock. Uh, he's at work. Yeah. The well, slots all day. This is what I love. She sends the kids out to sell household furniture to cover her losses. Well, I mean, you know, that's one way of meeting ends, making ends meet, I guess. 
I guess, when Frederick asked about the missing furniture. Colonel, if you ever catch uh, Mrs. Colonel, you know, carrying out the recliner, you know, you know, to, well, you know, Timmy, know first of up. all, Chuck cannot question anything that Renee does. I mean, he's I'm just, just saying, that. Colonel, if she's moving out the big screen TV. <laughs> maybe, maybe feed your meat pie to a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I, usually, uh, I have see. Logan here, so. Oh, Although, well, you know what? This is one of the great... I, I'm under a lot of stress right now, Timmy. Because on April 1st... Well, I, I would thought that uh, Andy would be helping well, you. Andy can't, Andy's going to have to pick up pick it up around here. Because <coughs> um, April 1st, Timmy, Logan is moving into his own apartment. Uh-oh. Well, Timmy... Now you got no to, one to blame shit on, Colonel. Well, then you're going to have to feed it to Rudy. I'm going to have to feed it to Rudy. I'm going to have to uh, cut the grass myself. I'm going to... Oh, everything oh, that gets man. broken, I can't say that fucking Logan. You know what I mean? It's... it's uh, My life's just going to be Rudy. Out, Timmy. Yes, it that is. That fucking bow. So, anyway. So, Marianne throws it on the children, says they broke it. So Frederick goes and asks his daughter, um, and she told him that Marianne had had her sell the articles. Uh, this led to a big fight in which Marianne accused Frank's daughter of lying. Well, Two weeks he, later, she may have been. We don't know. Right. Two so, weeks Colonel, later, how do you and uh, the missus feel about being empty nesters? Um. Well, we still got Rudy and Bo, so. Oh, okay. That's good. So they're fine. Um, this led to a big fight in which they accused him of lying. Uh, two weeks later, Frank's daughter was in bed with severe stomach cramps. She would die from a few days later. Man, that's, there's a lot of people getting stomach cramps. A lot in of that people. Family. Right. Really maybe she's just not a good cook. Well, maybe, um, you know, maybe they need like uh, gas X or something. Maybe. While Frank was in mourning at, over the death of his daughter, Marianne attempted to cheer him up by saying, I know you're sad, but at least we can collect the life insurance. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes. you know, just look at on the, you know, look at. It's trying to look on the bright side. side. God love yeah. her. This remark. Walking on the sunny Frank, side of the street, Colonel. This remark made Frederick's, uh, made Frederick very suspicious. Uh, but he continued in the marriage. So, you know, every marriage has its ups and downs. So. Right, right. Uh, in the I mean, at least, at least they got the insurance. Right. In the mid-1860s, Marianne had a brief romance with a man named Joseph Natras. The couple courted for a brief period when Joseph left Marianne to marry another woman. Uh, apparently, the other woman died in a carriage accident not long after their wedding. Yeah, see, you didn't even mention carriage accidents, Yeah, they used to be a lot. How many, the, how many carriage, carriage accidents uh, kill people today? Um, these uh, days, there's about what? Um, 16 a year, Timmy, carriage accidents. 16 yeah. a year. Because, wow. you know, those horses will just go right into traffic. They don't care. You know, yeah. the horses always treat the right away. Well, so her ex-boyfriend's new wife dies in a carriage accident. And she's pretty happy that he's now available. Okay. A few months later, yeah, a few months later, Frederick Cotton died suddenly of gastric fever. What is gastric fever? 
Is that just the rhymes? I, 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 I get, I get it. It's like, uh, oh, what is it? Like, um, like a, it's, uh, have, have Andy look at Andy, it up, Colonel. I think it's like, fever? Uh, tell me what gastric, well, gastric fever. Oh, really? No, not. Huh. Come Apparently on. typhoid, it's the same as typhoid. It's caused by salmonella. Okay, there you go. All right. So. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, they're not cleaning their dishes very well. Well, and, you know, Mary may just be sticking her hand down the crack of her ass while she gets the meal ready. <laughs> they don't have they don't have a maid tag, I guess. Yeah. So after Frederick's death, Joseph Natras soon became Marianne's lodger. Although Natras was willing to move in with Marianne to help her make ends meet, he made clear he was no longer interested in a romantic relationship with the three-time widow. Uh, Mary agreed. He says, uh, you know, we had a good time, but... Yeah, but no. That shit's in the the past. Well, so this is what I love. So, yeah, it's in the past, and Mary agreed. But soon he became ill with gastric fever and died just (laughs) after revising his will in Marianne's favor. Like, why would, if you didn't want to have a romance with her, why would you put her in your will? Yeah. I, fuck. You don't want to put this, this woman in your will. I mean, I just. Yeah. The insurance know. policy Marianne had taken out on her still living stepson, Charles, um, that still awaited collection. So Frank Cotton still has a son that's living, Charles. That girl is poisoned. Yeah. So Charles is still around, and uh, Mary and he still has a life insurance on him. So Marianne still got her ace in the hole, evidently. Her downfall came when a parish office, official, Thomas Riley, asked her to help nurse a woman who was ill with smallpox. She complained that the last surviving cotton boy, Charles Edward, was in the way and asked Riley if he could be committed to the workhouse. What the fuck? Thomas Riley, who also served as assistant coroner, said Marianne needed to accompany him. She told Riley that the boy was sickly and added, I won't be troubled long. He'll go like all the rest of the Cottons. Huh. Hmm. I feel like maybe she's uh, getting a little big for her britches. Five days later, Marianne told Riley that the boy died. Riley went to the village police and convinced the doctor to delay writing a death certificate until the circumstances could be investigated. Marianne's first visit after Charles' death, after Charles's death, was not to the doctor but the insurance office. There, she discovered that no money would be paid until a death certificate was issued. Hmm. An inquest was held, and the jury returned a verdict of natural causes. Marianne claimed to have used arrowroot to relieve his illness and said Riley had made accusations against her because she had rejected his advances. Did you ever use arrowroot? No, Timmy, I I typically, and and I don't use meat pie. I don't eat meat pie, Timmy. The local newspaper latched onto the story and discovered that Marianne had moved around northern England and lost three husbands, a lover, a friend, her mother, and 11 children, all of whom died of stomach fevers. Rumor 
gave rise to suspicion and scientific investigation. Dr. William Byers killed Couldn't she just be a shitty cook? Well, yeah. I mean, she's she's not hygienic, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, rumor gave her... Okay, so she Dr. William Byers Kilborn. She does the... Something. Uh, Dr. William Byers Kilborn, who had attended Charles's autopsy, had kept samples, and tests showed that they contained arsenic. He told the police who arrested Marianne and procured... Uh, the exhumation of Charles's body. She was charged with his murder, although the trial was delayed until after the birth of Mary's 13th child on January 7th, 1893. Goddamn, Mary Cotton named the child Margaret. It's just a rubber band. It's like one of those uh, video, one of those things at the casino. You know, you just pull down on her arm and she... Her eyes roll a little bit, Shoots and occasionally she spits out a baby down there. You know, I just wonder if at that point they just walk out. Yeah, like she's do. just yeah. going down the street all of a sudden. It goes into labor, pops it out, or, keeps it moving. Or coughs, yeah, coughs, and the kid falls out. All right. So let's see. So she named the child Margaret in honor of her friend Margaret Cotton, who, who she she'd murdered. murdered. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, the prosecutor decided to focus on the death of young Charles Cotton, who they claimed was murdered by Marianne by putting arsenic in his stew. After 90 minutes of deliberation, the jury found Marianne guilty of murder and sent it, sentenced her to hang. Oh, she that jury was like that Murdoch. Yeah, they jury. weren't playing. <laughs> they stayed just <laughs> they got, long they to get, get their complimentary they lunch. A, they had to catch a bus. Well, they got their complimentary lunch, and then yeah. you get it out. Everybody knows that. Uh, so on March 24th, 1873, Marianne Cotton was hung for her dastardly deeds. An autopsy revealed uh, that Marianne Cotton died not from her neck breaking, but by strangulation caused by the rope being rigged too short, possibly deliberately. Ooh. Oh, that's not right. That's not cool. Of Marianne's 13 children, only two survived her. Margaret Edith and her son George from her marriage to James Robinson. So the last yeah, I one, bet, I bet they're proud to be her offspring. Oh, I'm sure. So the last one she kept. Well, and one of the she, first ones. I, I, yeah, she kept it, but I mean, how long did she live? She didn't live very long after that. No, she didn't, and that's probably. I mean, those two should be really grateful. You know, that she died and didn't have a chance to kill him. So, you know, I would, you know, it looks like she'd be worried about accidentally um, poisoning herself. Oh. Well, she always got the takeout, Timmy. She got, she got DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> she got takeout. Exactly. <laughs> she went the DoorDash route, huh? Yes, well, I would love some. Well, yeah. Brandy, what's your final thought? Pie, but I, you know, I'm a vegetarian. Exactly. <laughs> Brandy, what's your final thoughts on Mary Ann Cotton, Britain's first serial killer? I mean, we don't know that she's the first. There may have been other ones, but they just, you know, this is the first we know of. What are your, your final thoughts on Mary Ann Cotton? Uh, you know, she got what she deserved. You have no empathy at all. I don't. Colonel, 
What's your final thought on the lovely well, Mary? I think the part Trump. that got left out is they put her in a police lineup to me, and they had a couple people in there, and they said, yeah, that's the woman. And then the detective said, they all picked cotton. <laughs> she's a she's a cotton-picking murderer, Timmy. She's not, apparently not that good of a cook either. Well, no. She's not the person you want to hire for, to cater your next event, Timmy. No, no, no. You, I bet potlucks. Well, I don't know. She's a bitch at potlucks. She might be sometimes. Sometimes that's who you want doing your Thanksgiving dinner to me. Somebody who's. I am anti-potluck, Brandy. I think Chuck is too, aren't you, Chuck? Aren't you anti-potluck? I, I do not eat potluck things, Timmy. I do not. I don't either. You never know what people's kitchen is. No, like, I you call know? it pot roulette, Timmy, because <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. You never know what's right. going to. Take you out. How many people die each year of potluck? 368, Pearl? Timmy. <laughs> well, oh now... God. You got to be careful. Yeah, they only have the numbers All up right. to 2021, so probably more than that now. Uh, all right. Um, I want to wish some people a happy birthday who, uh, over the last week or so, have had a birthday, and uh, I'm... I'm always hesitant to do this because we leave some people out and that's not our intention, but let me uh, wish happy birthdays to our good friend, uh, Kimberly Cameron uh, out there in Nashville. And uh, she went to see Cheap Trick last night. Oh, did she? Yeah. Hmm. So I'm jealous. They're very good. Yes. Yay. We want to wish, uh, we want to congratulate our good friend, uh, and fellow dweeb Nina Instead for winning an Ambi Award. It's bigger than the AVNs. For the best true crime podcast. I mean, it's a big deal. They had a big, you know, like Oscar like. It's really big. It's in Las Vegas and it was real fancy and we're so proud of her. So, congratulations, Nina. We also want to wish happy birthday to. Uh, Molly Erickson. Yes, Molly, Molly. Molly turned 40 years old, Timmy. And it's hard to believe. Uh, she looks very young. So, Molly, happy, happy birthday. birthday. And we hope to see you at DweebCon. Uh, Rachel Elizabeth, she had yes. a birthday this past week. So, happy birthday. Rachel is up there in Springfield, Illinois, home of Abraham Lincoln. Homer Simpson. And Homer Simpson. And we want to wish the lovely Teresa Smith yes. out there in KC, yes. Kansas City, a very, a very happy birthday. And, of course, the very lovely, the very beautiful uh, Michelle Johns from Chicago. Michelle, we hope you had a great birthday. And um, we look forward every year to seeing her at DweebCon. So that's all my shout-outs. I really want to thank uh, Thad for editing these podcasts and and doing the uh, sound and everything. So thank you, Thad, yes, for your you. help. That's a great, and, a great help, Timmy. Uh, any any shout-outs you guys have? Um, No, just the, the usual suspects, Timmy. But we want to thank everybody who listens, obviously, because we uh, wouldn't be here without you. And we really appreciate the support we get on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs. 
all one word where you can give a little, you can give a lot. Or, or just Colonel. a wee little bit to me. All right. So that's going to wrap us up for this week. And we'll see you next time on History Dweeb. Good day. Bye, everyone. Mary may just be sticking her hand down the crack of her ass. Any vagina can walk through your door at any given time. I'm, you know, ever since I saw Indiana Jones, I've always been afraid of that big ball. We're not talking about the Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.